Greetings Earthlings, today I'm back with a review of a brand new audio interface from Arteria. That interface being the Arteria Mini Fuse 2, which costs around $150, but I will also be discussing when you should go for the Mini Fuse 1, which costs around $100, and if you are interested in either of these interfaces, I will throw some links in the description down below. Also, in the sake of full disclosure, I do need to let you know that Arteria sent me both of these interfaces free of charge for the sake of making this review. And finally, for this review, I have the Rode NT1 connected directly to the Minifuse 2. 48 volts phantom power is on, and my gain is set at around 1130. I am recording 24-bit 48 kilohertz, and I will not do any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost a little bit in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what I diddly did. And now let's talk about what comes in the box. Of course, you are going to get the audio interface. You'll get an approximately 1 meter or 3 foot USB-C to USB-A cable. You'll get a quick start guide, a bunch of free software including Arteria's Reverb, Preamp, Echo, and Chorus plugins. You'll get Guitar Rig 6LE, Ableton Live, and a couple of other plugins. And oh heck, the fury burneth deep within my soul. You get a sticker. Then as far as the build quality of this thing, I really don't have any complaints about it. It feels perfectly sufficient. It does have a plastic face plate as well as a plastic rear plate. The entire rest of the chassis is going to be metal though. The dials are all nicely attached with minimal wobble to them and they are a nice rubberized texture to them. The XLR ports have no excessive wobble to them. And in case it matters to you, this interface is assembled in China. Now let's do a walkthrough of the feature set of the Minifuse 2. On the front, you will find two identical channels. They are made up of an XLR combination jack for either XLR or quarter inch cables. You have a gain dial with a light that will function as your meter for that channel. And then you'll find an instrument button which allows you to change the quarter inch input from line level to instrument level. Then next to both of the channels, you'll find a 48 volts phantom power button to turn on or off phantom power for both channels simultaneously. Next to that, you'll find a fairly limited output meter. You'll find the output volume control, which controls the quarter inch outputs on the rear of the interface. A monitor mix dial to mix between zero latency monitoring and computer playback. A mono button, which allows you to change the zero latency monitoring to a mono signal a headphone volume control, and a quarter inch headphone output. Then on the rear of the interface, you'll find a set of balanced quarter inch line outputs to run to your studio monitors, a set of five pin MIDI ins and outs, a USB-A port, which allows you to connect a USB MIDI keyboard or an iLock license key, and you'll find the USB-C connection port. And the last feature that I want to mention is the Minifuse 2 has a channel 3 and 4. Those are going to be used to implement the loopback functionality. So if you want to capture a computer playback or Skype call in your DAW, it will allow you to do that. Then as far as the specs, the A to D converter offers 24-bit up to 192 kilohertz. We have a gain range for the mic of 56 decibels, a dynamic range for the preamp of 110 dBA. The preamp also has an EIN of negative 129 dBA. We do have 48 volts phantom power, 
And now on the screen, I'll quickly scroll through the instrument and line input specs, the monitor output specs, and the headphone specs in case you want to go a little bit more in depth there. Then to touch briefly on the headphone output, I found that it was perfectly capable of driving something even like the HD650s, which are pretty difficult to drive. So if you like listening at a reasonable volume and you have 650s or something similar, I don't think you should have any issues. And if you want any more in-depth and technical analysis of the outputs of this interface, go check out Julian Krauss's video. I will link that in one of the corners if you want to check that out. And now in order to really test out the preamps, I've connected the SM7B directly to the mini fuse. I do not have a cloud lifter. I do not have a fed head. This is running direct into the mini fuse. My gain is set at 100% and I am getting a very healthy level hitting around negative nine to negative six dB. This is plenty loud enough for any application pretty much. I will be quiet so you can hear the noise floor at this level. And there you go, that is a quick sample of the SM7B running directly into the mini fuse. Now let's go to a new test that I have never done before. I think that's next. Now I'm going to connect a 150 ohm resistor to the XLR port to mimic a dynamic microphone. I'll slowly increase the gain and we can see what kind of noise the preamps in this interface generate. Then with our sample rate at 48 kilohertz and an I.O. buffer of 64 samples, we have a round trip latency of 9 milliseconds or a 4.5 millisecond output. Jumping up to 128 samples, we have 11.5 milliseconds round trip or 5.7 milliseconds output. And jumping up to 256 samples, we have a round trip latency of around 17 milliseconds and 8.5 milliseconds output. Then with our sample rate at 192 kilohertz and the I.O. buffer at 64 samples, we have seven milliseconds round trip or only 3.3 milliseconds output. Then jumping to 128 samples, seven and a half milliseconds round trip or 3.7 milliseconds output. And finally jumping up to 256 samples, we have nine milliseconds round trip or 4.3 milliseconds output. Now I want to introduce and try a test that I have not done on any interface reviews. I'm going to do a quick spoken word comparison between the Arteria, the Audient ID14 Gen 2, and the Focusrite Scarlett 2i23rd Gen. 
I'm running the U87 into a mic splitter and that is sending the audio to all three interfaces simultaneously so you will be able to hear the exact same take, the exact same distance from the mic, everything is identical. I've level matched them as close as I can get it in the analog realm but I will likely have to do a little bit of gain adjustment in post to make sure they're exactly the same. Here is the quick audio sample that I will use to switch between all of the audio interfaces so you can hear the difference in tonality. Here is the quick audio sample that I will use to switch between all of the audio interfaces so you can hear the difference in tonality. Here is the quick audio sample that I will use to switch between all of the audio interfaces so you can hear the difference in tonality. And here is a second audio sample so you don't have to hear the exact same phrase over and over and over again. And here is a second audio sample so you don't have to hear the exact same phrase over and over and over again. And here is a second audio sample so you don't have to hear the exact same phrase over and over and over again. Okay, that was the U87. Now we're going to do the exact same thing with the SM7B. Now for the SM7B comparison, I was able to crank the gain on all of the interfaces to 100%, but in post, I will do the level matching to make sure that all of the audio is exactly the same level. This is a sample of me speaking into the SM7B so you can hear all three interfaces and see if there's a difference. This is a sample of me speaking into the SM7B so you can hear all three interfaces and see if there's a difference. This is a sample of me speaking into the SM7B so you can hear all three interfaces and see if there's a difference. And here is a second sample on the SM7B so you do not lose your mind. And here is a second sample on the SM7B so you do not lose your mind. And here is a second sample on the SM7B so you do not lose your mind. Now we're going to be seeing how this interface handles DI because I will be running an electric guitar, an electric bass, and an acoustic guitar with a pickup directly into the instrument input on channel 2. I'll be playing the electric guitar and electric bass raw, then I will turn on Guitar Rig 6LE which is the amp sim that came for free with the interface. Then I'll play the acoustic guitar raw, and then I'll play a full mix using just DI instruments. Thank you. 
things now just because we can. This is not illustrative of anything, but I wanted to turn on all of the Arteria plugins at once on a microphone. So I have the pre-1973 functioning as some coloration to the pre so you don't just have the completely flat sound. And I am distorting that quite a bit. Then I'm running into the chorus, then into the delay, and finally into the plate reverb. And that's how you get this really great, and it's, it's, it's a very fascinating sound. Not illustrative, but it's fun, I think. Whoa! That's what it sounds like in my headphones. I'm an idiot. Now let's do a quick walkthrough of the Minifuse Control Center. First things first, in the upper left-hand corner, you have a hamburger menu. This allows you to resize the window, read the manual for your interface, or learn about the software that you are running. Then you have your individual Minifuse ID number. In the upper right-hand corner, it indicates what sample rate you're running at. I'm currently at 48 kilohertz. You can also click on this gear icon and it tells you the firmware you're running and if you are running the current firmware. Then you have both of your analog inputs, input one and input two. I'm not gonna mess with input one because I'm using it, but you can see you have great granular meters and you got a little clipping indicator there, which is awesome. You also are able to turn on or off 48 volts phantom power here, and you are able to change the quarter inch input from instrument to line level, which is nice if you need to do that. And that is pretty much all there is to this software. Pretty straightforward. Okay, as far as interfaces go, I think at $100 and $150, these are perfect examples of what you should be expecting. And first up, in terms of pros, I'm always thrilled to see a mix dial which allows you to mix between zero latency monitoring and computer playback. I'm also really happy to see loopback functionality because that makes capturing your computer's audio a lot easier, or if you have a guest for a podcast calling in over Skype, you can capture that in your DOM much easier now. Also, I love the addition of a USB hub. That is incredibly useful if you have an iLock key or if you have one of those USB MIDI controllers. Makes it a lot more convenient to connect it. And the provided software is really useful. The stuff that I really enjoyed was the Arteria software keyboard. There is tons of synths in there that I really enjoyed messing around with. And the Guitar LE6. I think that's what it's called. The Guitar Rig 6LE. That's what it's called. It's really nice to be getting an amp simulator with an audio interface. Then as far as cons, I'm really not a fan of the metering for the inputs on the interface. I understand you can get much more granular and high resolution metering in the software. I just prefer to have it available at a quick glance as opposed to needing to have the software open all the time. And secondly, this is probably very rare, but I would prefer to have individual phantom power buttons for each channel. At this price point, I doubt there are many people using a condenser and a ribbon microphone that would be damaged by 48 volts, but I would like to have that ability to turn on or off phantom power for each individual channel. And to wrap up, would I recommend the Minifuse 2 or in some cases the Minifuse 1? Yes, I would. But before I talk about that, I want to add a disclaimer or discuss something. 
It seems that at this price point, pretty much all, if not all, audio interfaces are more than sufficient for the majority of people. They all perform extremely well, they have low noise, and a really nice feature set. So when you're looking at audio interfaces in this price range, it really seems to come down to one or two features that differentiates them, and that's going to be the determining factor for you. The Focusrite, for instance, that has the Air Circuit, the SSL, that has the 4K Circuit, the Motu has an on-off button, and a killer meter, the Arteria has the MIDI I.O., and it has that USB hub. It really seems like it's coming down to one or two little features that is really going to push you over the edge in one direction. And as I've already alluded to, I think that feature for the Mini Fuse 1 and 2 is the USB hub and the really nice suite of software that comes with it. So if that seems like something that is going to work for you, then absolutely I would recommend it because at this price point, the audio performance of these interfaces is pretty much as good as it's going to get. You may be able to find a 1, 2, 3 dB improvement in certain specs, but you're not going to be getting an exponential improvement as you move to higher end gear. But who would I recommend the Mini Fuse 1 for? First thing I'll say is if you're a musician, get the Mini Fuse 2. That additional input is going to come in handy. You may think you just need one microphone, but down the road, you may want to connect a guitar. You may want to get a second microphone and do a stereo XY. Having that additional input will be invaluable for you. But on the other hand, if you are 100% certain that you will only ever need one microphone or one instrument input at a time, that is where the Minifuse 1 would come into play. Maybe if you're a streamer and you just have one vocal microphone, you could save 50 bucks and you wouldn't be getting the MIDI I.O., which would be unnecessary for you, but you will still be getting that really nice USB hub. So if you're that person who is 100% sure that you only need that one microphone input or one line or instrument input at a time, I would recommend the Minifuse 1 over the Minifuse 2 so you could save a couple of bucks. All right, that's going to wrap up for today, but I want to hear from you because we had a new test in today's video that is a very rare thing nowadays. So let me know what you thought of that additional test, the comparison of the different audio interfaces. My mic splitter only has three outputs, so I can't do 10 interfaces at a time, but I think three gives you some good context, especially compared to some popular options. But I want to hear from you, was that useful, a waste of time, and did you hear a difference? Other than that, if you found this video fun, interesting, or helpful, go ahead and give me a thumbs up. If you hated it, big ol' thumbs down. If you want to hang out in a Discord server, go to podcastage.com slash Discord. We talk about audio gear, microphones. We just have a grand old time. And I complain about editing video with no audio forms. It's a nightmare. This video was a nightmare. If you want to support the channel and become one of these amazing people over here, you can do so by clicking that join button or going to patreon.com slash podcastage and joining at the $5 tier or higher. It really does help me continue to, continue to bring you these videos. So until next time, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I will